What if all your planning, what if it's blocking you from realizing your dreams? What if the harder you try, the farther away you get from fulfillment? What if what you've ignored and scoffed at has been the answer to what you truly wanted this whole time? What if the idea of surrender is not a last resort, but it's your first resort? I'm not talking about giving up. I'm talking about surrendering fully. And there is a huge difference as today's guest and author of the book, The Magic of Surrender, Cute Blackson will share. I see my victory so clear. I see my victory so clear. It's a day we break through. It's a day we break through. It's a day we break through. It's a day. Cute's impact has been recognized by modern day influencers, including Jack Canfield, Larry King, Les Brown, and recognized by Inc. Magazine as, quote, the mindfulness guru billionaires go to for advice. His mission is to awaken and inspire people across the planet to access inner freedom, live authentically, and fulfill their true life's purpose. Cute, welcome to the Fit Pharmacist Healthcare Podcast. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. This is an absolute honor. And like I was sharing uh, with Cute, the man himself, uh, his book is so fantastic. One of the fastest books I've read. It's not a short book, but it was so captivating. I read the whole thing in less than three days. So it is soul transforming. I highly recommend that you read it. Um, there will be links in the show notes so that you can get your copy. But there's a reason that this concept of surrender is so essential for pharmacists, pharmacy students, and healthcare professionals. And Coot, I want to invite you into this because I'm going to ask you some fun questions. My audience has a problem. They are striving to stand out in a profession where the starting place is having a doctorate degree. The level of competition continues to rise and the space to be seen seems few and far between. So instead of do more as the cure-all, you have a different approach that yields more success with less struggle. It hinges on one word, surrender, but most often when people hear this word surrender, they associate it with weakness, with giving up, with being lazy or throwing in the towel. Can you invite us into understand what surrender really means? Yeah, surrender. Uh, yeah, there is a misconception, I think, of what we, when we think of surrender, we tend to think of surrender as weak, we tend to think of surrender as passive. We have this idea that if we surrender, we won't make it. If we, we, if we surrender, we won't manifest our goals, dreams and desires. If we surrender, uh, we're going to end up broke or homeless or being taken advantage of. And so there's this notion that surrender is weak in our culture. And really what I'm saying is, so, so this idea of if you surrender, you're going to get left behind, you're going to get less. And I'm actually saying, what if you surrender and you got more? And so really surrender is this idea of the idea of when we stop trying to control every single thing about our lives. You know, to me, control is the master addiction, the yes. uh, ego's way of uh, trying to sort of exist is to, to, to control everything. Control ultimately is an illusion. 
We think we're in control, but I would say if 2020 showed us anything in many ways that we're not quite as in control as we thought. I mean, there's obviously certain things that we can control. We can control what we put into our bodies. We can control that we exercise. We can control giving 100%, showing up fully, giving effort. There's things we can control, but there's so many things in life that we can't control. And so surrender, and when we focus on what we can't control and we obsess about many of the things that we can't control, uh, it leads to stress and anxiety and burnout and depression and dissatisfaction. And, you know, as human beings, we're conditioned to control, to avoid pain, to try to get love, to try to get approval. We try to control our mind, even in meditation. We try to control our thoughts. When we pray, we try to control God and the universe. We, we try to control our significant other, our boyfriend, girlfriend, our wife, our husband. We try to control our children. We try to control our parents. We try to control how we're perceived on social media. We try to control our freaking pet goldfish. We try to control everything. And it leads yes. to, I think, dissatisfaction. And so surrender is the simple idea. It's really simple. It's not as uh, terrifying and as complicated as people make it sound. You know, it's not just for the spiritual ones on the mountaintops or in the Himalayas. Surrender is the idea of letting go of control, where, we, where you stop trying to force life into to fitting into a limited idea of what you think it should be, of how you think it should look. Because many times we, we end up trying to force things, force life, force a relationship, force something to be what we want it to be or what we think it should be. But no matter even if you force something or someone to be what you think it or want it to be, it doesn't make it so. And yes. so surrender is letting go of forcing and life to be a certain way, because many times what we think something should be is often uh, a limited uh, interpretation or projection based on our mind, which is limited, which is programmed by our past and conditioning and childhood and parents and upbringing and culture and you know generational patterns. And so even the things that we think we should be, even the things that we think should be are often quite limited in in our, in our ability to really discern. And so surrender is to let go. Surrender is to let go of negotiating with life. Surrender is to let go of putting conditions on life. Surrender is the idea of letting go of who we think we should be, of the life that we think we should be living, because many times we project and have this idea of the life that we think we should be living, based on what we've been told by our parents, based on social media, based on comparing ourselves to everyone else in the industry. And so there's this idea of the life I think I should be living, maybe not matching with the life that we have now, but surrender is letting go of that idea so that we can embrace the life that we have now, but also open to the deeper, more authentic life that perhaps is seeking to express to us that we're we won't be open to or we're not fully able to see when we're so attached to life being a certain way. Sometimes we just want what we want and we want it to be a certain way. But that doesn't mean that because we want that, it's truly best for us. And so surrender is letting go and being available, being open, being curious uh, and allowing life, you know, allowing life to to reveal itself to us, allowing life when we're truly open and surrender, live and surrender then I say we take the limits off of life. Then we're truly available to the infinite ways and the infinite possibilities of the universe manifesting 
in the ways that it needs to manifest. And so many times we, we set goals and dreams and desires like, oh, what do I really want? What do I want? I want this. I want that. I want this. And it's, all, it's great to set goals. I'm not saying don't set goals. Uh, but we get so attached to those goals. Yes. We, say, we get so attached to those goals being the way we think it should be that we're actually not open to any other way. And, perhaps, and our identity. Yeah. Yep. And, and, and in terms of surrender, it's just the openness, the humility, the willingness to be just fully available to the magic of life. At some point, all of the great ones, whether it's Jesus, whether it's Buddha, whether it's Gandhi, whether it's Muhammad Ali, whether it's Bruce Lee, whether it's Bob Marley, whether it's JFK, whether it's Martin Luther King, whether it's Nelson Mandela, uh, at some point they all had to surrender themselves to a, a bigger vision than maybe what they even thought for themselves. Maybe they had an idea for what their life was going to be, but there was something else that was seeking to happen. So just in the beginning of, of the exploration of surrender, I always invite people to consider these two questions. The first one is, okay, a limited sort of ego-based model or ego-based way of living is asking yourself the question, what do I want? What do I want? And getting very specific about what do you want? The challenge yes. is you might manifest what you thought you wanted only to be left dissatisfied. I don't know if you had that experience where you got the car, you got the girl, you got the this, you got what you thought you wanted and you were sitting around wondering, is this it? Is this it? Isn't there more? I mean, maybe this is not really as fulfilling as I thought. Because many times the goals, dreams, uh, intentions that we project into the world uh, are often a projection from our conditioning, a projection from even some of the, shall we say, unmet, unresolved wounds from our childhood. Maybe we weren't loved fully growing up. We weren't seen. We weren't honored. We weren't acknowledged. Dad wasn't around. Mom wasn't around. What, et cetera, et cetera. So maybe we felt not enough. We felt unworthy. We felt uh, insecure in some way. So there's this unconscious projection of if I can manifest that thing, if I can live that life, if I can achieve that goal, then I'm going to finally be okay. And so the goal that we think is the goal is often not really the goal. And what we think yes. we want is not necessarily what we really want. It's just what we think we want based on who we thought we were. So the exactly. question shifts from what do I want to a deeper level of surrender, which is actually feeling. So surrender is not just being lazy sitting around. It's actually feeling, what is it that life wants to express through me? What is it that the universe wants to express through me? What is it that uh, my soul wants to express through me? And actually opening yourself to the bigger, deeper impulse, that's the authentic impulse of life, and tuning into that, listening to that, then aligning your goals, your intentions, your actions, your marketing, your strategy, aligning all of that with the authentic, true, real impulse of your soul. And I think when, when we align like that, then we end up living and creating an authentic life rather than an inauthentic life. So surrender to me is the key to greatness, is the key to freedom, it's the key to peace. Absolutely. And I think that the key that you tie that to that you say so well in your book is identity, because we wow. think that once we get this, once we achieve this, once we get this degree, we've made it and we're worth it. But just like you say, how many of us have done that, whether it's getting the degree or getting the job? And we're like, is that all there is? Because we've been tying that attachment to what we feel we are. But that's what I tell people when I coach people in building their personal brand and really growing their confidence 
once you get that, it doesn't mean that you've made it. It means that you have maxed out at who you once were. But that's why development and growth and constant never-ending improvement is so essential to be filled and guided by that so you can see that evolution process. And this leads me to another really good question uh, that you had brought up in the book as well, because a lot of times in pharmacy or really healthcare or any profession, when we're in pursuit, I call it the pursuit uh, of personal development, of career growth, or just life in general, we feel like we're swallowed up in the darkness because we either failed at getting what we think we wanted or we got what we think we wanted and we don't feel fulfilled. And we feel like the only way out of it is that we need a miracle. But the notion of a miracle seems to be random or rare or ridiculous or, you know, mountaintop talk or whatever you want to call it. Can you speak on miracles? Because I think this is a really big thing that you talk about because we feel like they're random, but oftentimes it's we who are in the way of them happening daily. Yeah. You know, first, I just want to say that uh, sometimes not getting what you want is actually a bigger blessing. Amen. And, and the, in the moment that we don't get what we thought we wanted, we might be upset, frustrated, confused. What we tend to do is we react, we protest, we get upset, we feel like a victim, we feel depressed, you know, some kind of reaction. We resist. And the ego or our personality is in the moment is not able to see the totality of the perfection of that moment of not getting what you wanted and how it fits into the bigger picture of your life and the unfolding of your destiny. Because yes. we tend to look at a, an experience or an event in, that's happening in the moment from the lens of the ego, from the lens of the personality, from the lens of the mind, but the mind uh, that is looking at something, judging it as a failure is in and of itself conditioned. And so we're not necessarily seeing reality as it is. We're just projecting onto reality that we think it's a failure, but we're not able to see how, oh my God, maybe this thing is exactly what needed to happen so that we could learn what we needed to learn. And maybe this thing needed to happen so that we could meet that person. And maybe we're not even ready yet. And so as a result, there's still inner work we have to do. And so if you really look at your life, I would invite everyone to look at some of the things that you really swore you wanted. Maybe you've had this experience where you really wanted to be in a relationship with someone, right? You were like, oh, I gotta be with that. I found the one. This is my soulmate. They're gonna be it. I found this is it. And you just really wanted it. And it didn't work out. I think we've all had those experiences. And in the moment, it was devastating. But maybe you look back now, maybe five years, three years, five years, 10 years, 20 years, however long you've been alive. You look back now and you're able to go, wow, thank God. Like, in fact, you just say, thank God that didn't happen. But we're not yes. able to see in the moment. So when something doesn't happen or go according to plan, it, it realize it's not a failure. It's an opportunity, right? And there's probably some blessing. So part of surrender is understanding this, this, this simple idea or concept that the universe is always working for your highest good. The universe is always working for your highest good, for your evolution, and will bring you this or something better. If you really trust that, because the universe is always evolving, then if something doesn't unfold, if something doesn't work, if something doesn't you know, manifest in your life, 
then trust. Universes bring you something better. So I would invite everyone to get curious. Like, ask yourself, what else could this mean? What's the opportunity here? What's the blessing here? What can I learn from this? And what, 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 you know, what better, more amazing thing could actually be seeking to manifest than I currently can, can see or conceive with my mind right now? Because the mind is limited. And often we are creating life with willpower, with ego, with our minds. And yes, you can manifest a good life with your mind. But to truly manifest a great life is when you surrender and open to something bigger, to something more. And so not getting what you want is grace. In terms of miracles, uh, you know, miracles aren't to me. I grew up around miracles, you know, um, talk about yes. health and wellness. What's your dad? My, my father is a healer and I grew up seeing blind people see and deaf people hear. And, you know, literally people would pick up the sand that my father walked on, wipe it on their face and stand up and, uh, friends would ask me, did that really happen? I mean, I grew up seeing it. It, it, was, it was honestly, it wasn't even miraculous to me. It was normal. I just thought everyone had this experience until I realized it wasn't the case. But if you really want to see a miracle, I would say don't look far and wide. Just tune into your body. If you really just tune into your, like look in the mirror, you know, tune into your body. Let's not even get spiritual and mystical for a second. Let's just yeah. get biological just in the earth, tune into your body and breathe. Wait a second. You just breathe. We've been having this conversation. There's hundreds, if not thousands of breaths that have already been happening inside of, of your body as everyone, as you're listening to this conversation. We're not sitting yeah. here going, oh my God, please help me breathe, 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 doing some special, you know, uh, medical technique to breathe. It's just happening in spite of you. Like, is this not a miracle? We're just not paying attention. They're all around us. Life yes. itself is every moment and every breath of life is proof of the miraculousness. Every moment and every breath we take is proof that we can trust the universe. Someone asked me the other day, how do I trust? I'm like, how do you not trust? Every second is proof. Life is proof. Nature is proof. So number one, tune into your body. Feel, feel what is breathing you. You are being breathed. There is an intelligence of life, an innate intelligence that is breathing you. This is a miracle. How is it that maybe you had breakfast this morning? I had a piece of toast and some peanut butter. And how is it that my hand doesn't become a piece of toast? There's a digestive, there's an intelligence, call it whatever you want. I don't care. But the reality is there is an innate intelligence that is unfolding trillions and trillions and trillions of processes, trillions of cells inside of this biochemical you know, miraculous body that is you, so to speak, right? There's an entire, talk about the pharmacy, there's an entire pharmacy inside of this vessel that oh, yeah. it's, it's miraculous. So tune into your body every day. If you really tune in and meditate, connect to your body, that's a reminder. Look at nature, spend time in nature. I think when we spend time in nature, we reconnect with the miraculousness of life we acknowledge what a like, has there ever been a day when the sun, when you woke up 10 a.m., went about your day, 11 a.m., midday, it was pitch black. We said, what happened? Oh, the sun just forgot to come out today. It was asleep. You know, it just forgot to wake up. There's never been a day in my life where the sun didn't shine. Like, wait a second. Is that, is that not like, is there not some intelligence? Is that not a, 
kind of proof that we can trust life? You know, the, so, so, so to me, the same intelligence that's breathing you, is breathing me, is breathing 8 billion people, is breathing all, all of creation, all of existence, all dimensions, the sun, the stars, the moon, is the same intelligence that, is, that knows how to unfold itself and express itself. So if we remember, we have forgotten that we are a part of nature. You and I, we are a part of nature. We've forgotten that we're a part of nature. And in so many ways, I think we try to override nature, override our own immune system, override the fact that there is a living, you know, healing intelligence inside of us. And so when we can just remember that we're a part of nature, connect with our body, connect with nature, I think uh, it helps refocus us to be available, like yes. to just be available to miracles because miracles are all around us. I mean, just being able to look at your kids or look at your mom or, or, or fall in love with another human being. You meet someone, they're in their own universe, you're in your own universe, you feel a connection. Where is this connection? You look into their eyes and you're like, I think I love you. I mean, is that not a freaking miracle? You make love to someone and then you have this orgasmic experience. Uh, it, it, we take it for granted, but it's a miracle. You know, the fact that you can, any moment you're able to forgive yourself or forgive another or love yes. yourself a bit more. I mean, these are miracles, you know, and so they're all around us. They're all available. You're one. I'm one. We are all one. We just have to uh, open our eyes to it and own it. That's something that you said in the book that I noted because it, it was really profound. You said miracles aren't something you have to make happen. Miracles are the natural <laughs> byproduct of what happens when you get yourself out of the way. Yeah. Because when you let go, you make space for magic to happen. And then this statement that you made, miracles are always available to you at all times, but are you available to them? Mm. So I just really appreciate what you said in that because it was, it was so profound. And, and the other thing that I really want to tie back to, because when we started this interview, we talked about how most people strive for getting that thing, whether it's the status or the relationship or the job or the career, whatever it is. But here's the thing. It evolves. Life grows and you evolve because your identity evolves with your awareness and your growth and everything else. So in, in my field of pharmacy, one of the biggest celebrations we have is when we're done with school forever. We graduate and we're like, mm -hmm. school is done. School is out. But, and I love that you said this in the book, you speak about life being the real school and that life experiences are our lesson plans. And just like you said, instead of looking at why did this happen to me, that, that's a huge paradigm shift that's helped me a lot is instead of asking, why did this happen to me, ask, how did this happen for me? So can you invite us in a little bit to share how this shift of looking at life as the ultimate lesson plan can bring so much yeah. peace to our evolution journey through life? Look, I'm not saying it's easy, um, but I really do feel as though we, what we are is souls. And ultimately, you know, this body will pass away, but there is something inhabiting, looking out, looking through, breathing. Like what we are is be, we are more than just this physical form and physical body. Every seven years, I think it's seven. You know, you might know more than I do. Every seven years, our cells totally regenerate and uh, the cells in our body become completely new every seven years. 
And so technically, uh, biologically, every seven years, you and I, we have a new body. So if we're just the body, that means we're no longer the same person, right? And so what is it that we are that, that connects the threads together, even though the hair changes, the eyes change, the body changes, the cells change, something is, is the same. And so what we are is soul. As souls, we, we incarnate into this human experience because there's certain lessons that our souls are seeking to learn and to grow and to evolve. And to me, yes, life is the classroom for our soul's evolution. Life is really the university. Every situation, every experience, every person, our parents, uh, every relationship, every difficulty, every challenge is really part of that, the, the soul's curriculum that we get to grow through and go through so that we can learn lessons, become more of who we really are, and realize our true nature through those experiences. And so I think when we start looking at life from a soul, I was, yeah, let's say a soul, soulistic, I don't think that's a word, but a soulful now it is. Uh, Boom. <laughs> viewpoint, right? When we start looking at life from a soulful viewpoint, the context of life begins, it's a different paradigm. The context of life starts to shift. We stop seeing life so one-dimensionally. When we think we're just this body, just this name, just this form, we get caught up in the one-dimensional level of the material story. This happened, and that happened, and oh my God, who did this, and my mom did that, and they did that, and that, that. and I'm not saying you're not right, but when we're stuck in that level of the story, which most of us are stuck in, it's easy to stay stuck in being the victim, to stay stuck in right and wrong, good and bad, ego, ego, back and forth. And there's no freedom in that, even if you're right. You will not feel free and you will not feel happy because there's just it, now we're living in the realm of pure duality. When you yes. remember you're a soul, as you go through a difficult experience, as you go through a betrayal, a challenge, a relationship issue, uh, attract challenging people into your life, as you go through it, when you understand that, okay, if life is about the evolution of my soul, the evolution of my consciousness, that's what it's really about. It's not just wake up, make money, become famous, buy a car, buy a house, have sex, make babies, go on vacation, then die. Nothing we achieve and attain in this physical experience we will take with us king tutankhamen queen elizabeth no great pharaohs bill gates no they will not take even an iphone with them bill gates not taking his children he's not taking his microsoft stock nothing we will all have to leave it behind the only thing that i think we get to take with us is the evolution of our consciousness the degree to which we learn the lessons and that evolution of our consciousness so when we realize the real purpose of life the real game of why we incarnated into this human experience to go and learn, it shifts our understanding and perspective to give us a different relationship with the moment, a different relationship with what we're going through, then a deeper understanding of why we're going through what we're going through. Now, when we understand that, Rather than focusing on, he did this, and he did that, and then and I'm going to screw him up. I'm going to get revenge, and I'm going to show them. Uh, we, stop, we stop looking at that way, and we start asking ourselves, what is my soul seeking to learn in this experience? 
Yes. I, I attracted a partner that cheated on me. We're not saying that's right. We're not saying there's not certain consequences. I attracted a partner that embezzled money from me. We're not saying that's right. We're not saying there's not consequences. You need to handle that, maybe break up, whatever you need to do, handle it on a logical, logistical level. But if you just stay stuck on that level, you will not be free. All lessons are repeated until learned. Yes. So if we don't learn the lesson, we're just going to keep recreating the, set, the lessons. And so ask yourself, <clears throat> what is my soul seeking to learn in this experience? Why did my soul attract this experience? What is this person mirroring to me about myself? What is the growth opportunity for me here? How is this situation familiar? Because sometimes we unconsciously recreate patterns in our life from childhood that we haven't resolved because there's a deep impulse inside of us to resolve patterns, uh, patterns from our childhood that still unresolved. There's an impulse for healing. And so when we really focus on what is my soul seeking to learn and we learn the lesson in a situation, in a relationship, in a dynamic, then we graduate. We graduate that dynamic. We graduate that relationship. We transcend. We raise our energy. We graduate then we unlock the door to the next level of manifestation, the next level of experience in our life. So the real key, a key to manifestation is not trying to just force your way and push your way. One of the reasons we don't manifest the several, but one of the reasons we don't manifest things we intend to manifest is we have not learned the lessons we need to learn where we are with who we are with. So if you want to really manifest that next level, don't just push harder. Don't just willpower your way through. Learn the lesson because when you learn the lesson, you transcend. When you transcend, your vibration shifts and you attract a different level of experience. In life, you don't just get what you want. You don't just get what you think about. You don't just get what you meditate about or pray about. You get what you are. You get the vibrational match of what you are, the embodied vibration of what you are in your consciousness. And so, uh, yeah, life is a school. When we're able to see it that way, it, it provides a space, a different space and context in terms of how to relate to experiences as they're arising. And so I think then it also helps us surrender to, sometimes we have to go through some really challenging things. Sometimes we have to go through some really difficult things. And mm. the only way through it is to, through it, to go through it. Maybe you have a child who has an addiction. Maybe you have a child who's physically, you know, you know, mentally challenged. Maybe you have a difficult partner, maybe you have a difficult boss. And when you really understand that, don't run from it. Because many times what we tend to do sometimes is we resist and we run away. And then we attract someone in our life that is a different person, looks different, same pattern. So we, you can't run away from the lesson and you can't run away from yourself because life is a projection of your own consciousness. Wherever you go, there you are. And I love that. Uh, it reminds me of one of my favorite quotes from Winston Churchill. If you're going through hell, keep going. And I think this ties into a point you made about how life is so related to nature in that if you're not growing, you're dying because uh -huh. it's always changing. You have to keep you off the go. And I think what this ties to my audience and trying to build a personal brand, trying to grow their confidence, trying to really get their that competitive edge in their career in that they have to heal from their past. And a lot of people don't like to talk about this because it can be incredibly painful. So much so that if they even look at it, they feel like they are taking 10 steps back from the quote healing that they have done. But I think uh, another thing that you said in your book, I, I just really wanna bring this up because I think it's gonna be therapeutic and just plant a seed in a lot of people hearing this. 
making peace with the pain of your past will bless you. And that's something you wrote in your book that is just really profound, I believe. And, and like you said, you, you will keep learning the same lesson until it is learned. And only then will you evolve because whether you have pain, whether you have loss, looking at it at surface value, it might be toxic or, you know, this is, I was wronged, injustice, whatever, but loss can be transformed because you didn't really lose. You only gained if you learned the lesson and took that and started to and continue to grow. And this ties back to one last point I want to make from what you wrote in your book. Once you realize that life is a school and you experience every lesson plan, then it helps you make peace with the pain of your past. Everything in your life is preparation for your purpose. And I, I think that's so true. What you said is it's all about evolving, growing so that not for us, but so that we can become and share that with other people, like what you're doing, your transformation, your father, when you were younger, I think you said you gave your first sermon when you were nine years old, your father, just, you know, massive influence on churches across England. And I think he was, was it the, the healer of Africa, the magic healer of Africa? Was that his title? Oh, he was called the miracle man of Africa. The miracle man of Africa. Literally <clears throat> there's documented stories, healing blind people, people that were crippled walking, all these sort of things. And you had that time where you went through that process of, I want to have my own TV show, as you explained in the book, and having this idea, and the harder you tried and forced it, the farther away you felt. But through your process of surrender, you saw the real joy and gift that life is. And because of the process you've gone through and evolved yourself, you're now sharing that to help literally hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people that you do through your book, your podcast, and your speaking. So there is an example of what you're talking about. And I think that is the ultimate personal brand, someone that practice what practices what they preach. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I would say to really be able to move into surrender. Surrender is when you kind of move into a flow of life, mm. when, you, when you're not forcing life, when you're following the energy of life, allowing life to lead you. To move into surrender, uh, you mentioned the word pain. Uh, there's a big difference between acceptance and surrender. Yes. And so let, let, me, let, me, let me explain and back up. So there's a few stages to get to surrender. First stage is what maybe the average person is living, where we, where we all start out is we're in denial. We don't even know that we're lying. Maybe we're living unconsciously. We're living what we were told to live by parents, by society, by media, by advertising, by our, our grandparents, just, this is what we're living because we were born into it and we're not really questioning. And sometimes people don't question and they live their whole life that way. Why do I believe what I believe? I don't really know. This is just what I'm meant to do. Why am I doing what I'm doing? Why am I an accountant? Why am I a lawyer? What? I don't, this is just what I was born into. And yes. so that is to be unconscious and living in denial. Then there comes a stage where we begin to question, wait a second, maybe, maybe there's a bigger reason I'm here. Maybe there's, 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 there's a bigger purpose for my existence than what I'm doing. Maybe, maybe this relationship isn't quite right for me anymore. Maybe, maybe there's more. Maybe there's something else. Maybe, and so we start, the questioning process begins. Then the next phase is we move into what I call resistance. 
we start resisting. We know that there's some changes that we need to make, that there's some shifts that we need to make. We can feel where we are and we can feel the deeper pull moving us into a more authentic place. But the mismatch or the gap between where we are and what we're feeling pulling us starts scaring the ego. It starts scaring the ego is because we get so identified with who we've been. We get yes. so identified with what we've created. We get so identified with our job, with our, with our title, with our fame, with our fortune, with our success, with whatever it is, who we think we are, that we feel safe, we feel comfortable in that sense, in that way. Ego is simply the identification with, with name, with body, with form, but with, uh, the collection of our beliefs, the collection of our emotions, memories from the past that we attach to and we, we identify as me right and so when we start to resist when we start to question we start understanding changes need to happen the ego starts resisting as a self-preservation shall we say self-preservation tactic if i let go who will i be without that job who will i be without that relationship who will i be without that belief who will i be without doing what I'm doing, right? Or even that without that addiction, because sometimes yes. we identify even without addictions as, oh, that's a part of me. And so we start, the ego starts resisting out of survival. And so many of us stay stuck in resistance. <clears throat> the next phase, we move into negotiation. We're like, oh, we start negotiating. Now, now we're, we're not resisting quite the same way, but we're not really shifting. We're, we're not surrendering. We start negotiating with life. Well, maybe... I can keep doing that thing, doing some cocaine, but drink some green juice. Yes, not balance. Not really work out. Not balance. really work out. Yeah, I'm kind of like, you know, party on the weekend, even though I feel like shit. It's not good for me. It's kind of, it takes me four days to recover. And no, it's not, it's, it's dulling my soul, my light. But maybe, you know, maybe I can stay in this relationship, even though I know it's not really the one, but it's comfortable and you know, he's got potential. I mean, you know, they're, they're the nice person. And so we start negotiating the truth in our minds. One of the, in this two phases of resistance and negotiation, one of the ways that we keep ourselves stuck, that we have to be aware of, are all the lies that we tell ourselves. Yes. As human beings, we're constantly, sometimes unconsciously lying to ourselves about who we are, about what we feel, about what we want. And so the lies keep us stuck and we sometimes stay in relationships. We know it's not right. We sometimes stay in jobs, even though we might be succeeding in them. We stay in jobs that we know are not truly we know that this job is not truly the reason for why our soul was born on this planet, but we stay in it for 10, 20, 15, 30, 40, a lifetime because it's safe, it's comfortable, it pays the bills, we know what we're doing, maybe we get rewarded for it, but our soul is dying inside, right? And so, yes. <clears throat> so what we have to be willing to do to begin surrendering and making a shift is the willingness to tell the truth to ourselves. And so a couple yes. of questions I'd invite people to sit with is, what lies am I telling myself? Really, what lies am I telling myself? Number two, what am I pretending? Pretend, what am I pretending to not know? Number three, what are the lies I'm telling myself costing me? Mm-hmm. Many times we feel the pain of not living in alignment. We feel the pain of lying to ourselves. We feel the pain of not telling the truth or living the truth, but we distract ourselves. 
We drink it away. We sex it away. We social media it away. We work it away. We Netflix it away. We eat it away. We shop it away. Whatever it is so that we don't have to feel the pain, which keeps us perpetual, sort of anesthetized and keeps us in the loop of doing more and more of the same. And so what we have to realize is that pain is a blessing. Pain is your friend. Pain is just a feedback mechanism, an alarm that is showing you something is off. It's not bad. When you feel pain in some way in your heart, pain can manifest as depression, right? Sadness, tiredness. When you feel pain in your heart, that's the moment to pay attention, to ask yourself, what is this pain showing me in terms of where I'm not living my truth? When you're not living your truth, it's meant to be painful. When you're not living your truth, pain is a natural byproduct. That's showing you like something inside of you is actually working, but we have to pay attention to the pain. When we don't listen to the pain and we distract and we numb it, we feel depressed, we get tired, we unconsciously create drama and sabotage in our lives, we unconsciously attract people into our lives that will reflect the pain that we're not allowing ourselves to consciously feel, we will often create stagnation and blockages in our life, we will also often sometimes Uh, the pain that we're suppressing will manifest as some physical ailment or illness or sickness inside of our body, right? And so we have to be willing to tell the truth, feel the truth, be with what we feel, feel the pain, and let that pain, the reality, the truth of that pain move through you. And so even if you're not ready to leave your job or make that decision, just start by saying, this is what I really feel. Just begin by acknowledging I'm in a relationship that's not right and I'm not happy. That's a moment of surrender right there. Just that acknowledgement, I'm in a job. Because it can be scary to tell the truth because the ego goes, oh shit, if I tell the truth, now now what, right? So we resist the truth because of the consequences. So just even saying, you know what? I don't have to put pressure on myself to make some radical change and sell everything, but I'm just going to say, you know, the truth is I'm in a job that I hate. And let me feel that. Let me be with yes. and, and that starts a process inside. And so I think that's really important. So we move from resistance to negotiation. And the next phase is acceptance. Acceptance is the next phase. And we often hear about acceptance in the spiritual field. You have to accept what is, accept life, accept reality. And that's an important phase in the process of surrender. But acceptance is not surrender. You can be in acceptance, but still be closed in your heart. You yes. can be acceptance but still be resisting internally the experience that is arising. For instance, if it's raining outside, you don't want it to rain outside, you're pissed off that it's raining outside, you still take an umbrella, but you're mad and moaning and groaning for two days that it's raining outside, your heart's not open, you're, 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 you're contracted inside, right? So you can, be in resi- you can be in acceptance, but have this belief. The experience that I'm having is not the experience I should be having. I should be having some other experience than I should be having. When we live in that acceptance slash resistance mode, we don't fully surrender to the process so that we can truly receive the gift of the experience. Surrender is the open-hearted participation with the process of life, is the open-hearted participation with the experience where you throw your arms open to life because you know, two things I said earlier, because you know everything is always happening for your highest good. So, okay, this must be happening for my highest good. Let's get curious and see why this is happening. Number two, if life is a school, 
that means there must be a lesson here. And so to surrender is the open-hearted participation to learn the lesson for why your soul attracted the situation into your life in the first place. Then you can fully, shall we say, open your heart and participate with the experience. But to get from acceptance to surrender, most people miss this key in the middle. And that key is grieving. Mm. Most folks do not allow themselves to grieve. They do what I call a spiritual bypass, try to skip the grief and force themselves open into surrender. And it doesn't really happen, which is why surrender, most of us aren't living surrender because we're afraid of the grief. We're afraid that if I, if I grieve, it will last forever. We're afraid that if I grieve, uh, I won't be able to handle it. We're afraid if I grieve, it's not positive. Sometimes one of the sneaky ways that we don't allow ourselves to grieve is an unconscious resistance to grieving because we're afraid that if I really grieve, I'm going to have to really acknowledge that maybe this is over because surrender is a death. Surrender is a death and it's a letting go. So if you're really surrendering for real, you will feel some grief because something is coming to an end. Something you're releasing and letting go of. There is something that is no more, something that is changing form. Grief is a sign of true surrender, but we have to allow it. Grieving is to feel the feelings, to acknowledge those feelings let them go so that we can honor the past and open to the new. For instance, when a relationship ends, sometimes we don't feel the grief because we, 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 want, we don't want to acknowledge that the relationship is truly over. So if we don't feel the grief, then we can maybe live in denial. Or let's say yes. my mother passed away. For instance, let's say if someone passes away in your life, if you don't feel the grief, you don't really have to acknowledge that they're really gone. So not grieving is a way to not deal with the reality that maybe something has ended, right? So not grieving becomes a resistance. The other reason that sometimes we don't grieve is a spiritual bypass. I see a lot of spiritual folks do this. They want to stay in a continual high vibration. It's like, oh, high vibration, law of attraction, high vibe, high vibe, want to stay in a high vibe. Grief is not a high vibe, can't feel that grief. The challenge is all feelings remain present until fully felt. So if you suppress yes. the grief and you press it down into your, into your body, into your nervous system, you know, you start blocking your heart, that energy is stored in your body, right? As energy mm-hmm. and as a result, with the intention of trying to stay in a high vibe, you carry the sort of lower vibrational energy of grief with you throughout into the next experience, into a new relationship, not only will a part of your heart not be fully open to the new because it's part of you that's still stuck in the old, energetically, you will unconsciously attract to you experiences that resonate at the level of the grief that you haven't fully released and let go of. So one of the quickest ways to move into surrender is to acknowledge the pain, is to feel the pain. Know that all feelings that are fully felt, truly felt and experienced, dissolve. Grief doesn't always happen on the timetable and grief doesn't always happen all at once. It may happen in waves and layers. So having that understanding allows us to feel the grief, acknowledge the grief, move through the grief, like let that layer go. And maybe there'll be another layer and it's okay. You are not the emotion. You are not the grief. Let it move through, take the label off, let it move through, feel the sensation and it will dissolve and another layer will be peeled and another layer will be peeled. And then you'll get lighter and lighter and lighter and flow into surrender and then flow into that phase of magic. 
feeling is healing. And I think what you say of questions really being the answer and, and seeing that. And guys, we see this in pharmacy all the time. How many times do you see patients come in, ask for a recommendation for ibuprofen or whatever it might be? And they, you, you know, go through your thing and it's pain that they're experiencing. They get that, you find it's appropriate. They're back in in a couple of days. Oh, I need more. Well, you start asking questions and realizing they don't really need this. They really need to see a chiropractor because that's the source of the pain. And that's just one example. How many of you have all seen that? So it's really looking at that root cause and the questions are the answer. But that is how this process of surrender is so integral and essential for your career development, for building a personal brand, for really being and becoming. It's not about doing. It's not about being a human doing no more. It's about being a human being and being fully present in who you are and growing through that process. Hugh, this was a joy. Like I'm going to be re-listening to this. So this was absolutely outstanding. So I want people who have heard this, if they've never heard of you, where can they best connect with you? Where are you most yeah. active on social media? And where can they get your book, The Magic of Surrender? Sure. Everyone can get the, the Magic of Surrender book at uh, www.themagicofsurrender.com. You can obviously Amazon, go to the website. Uh, we're keeping up for a moment. You can enter your name, email, and receipt info, receive a whole bunch of free gifts and video trainings, all of that good stuff. Number two, um, kublaxon.com, my main website, K-U-T-E-B-L-A-C-K-S-O-N.com. Uh, twice a year, I do a very special event in Bali, Indonesia, for those that feel ready for an another level of transformation, 12 days, uh, www.boundlessblissbali.com. Uh, I'm active on Instagram. Send me a message, say hi. Uh, and also Facebook, just follow me there. We'll be in touch. Excellent. Guys, this has been an amazing episode on the Fit Pharmacist Healthcare Podcast. This is your host, Dr. Adam Martin, signing off with the Acute Blackson. Go forth, be great, and dispense your full potential. I see my victory so clear. I see my victory so clear. It's a day we break through. It's a day we break through. It's a day we break through. It's a day. 